0: Welcome to this special edition of the Holstein House podcast. This is Robin Holstein, your host and the owner and proprietor of Holstein House Bed and Breakfast. I was really excited to be offered a part in the workshop special programming today. I've learned a lot about tools, certain brands and content creation through Tim's YouTube channel. My inaugural episode was posted on October the 15th of this year. I'm still growing my podcast and my YouTube page, and I hope you'll subscribe to both. Now, if you find yourself traveling to or through West Virginia along Interstate 6477, also known as the West Virginia Turnpike, consider staying at Holstein House. You can find out more at my website, RobinHolstein.com. Now, this special edition includes clips of my interviews with Lisa Hayes Miney, an award-winning West Virginia writer and author and Toolman Tim himself and wife Becky. And then I close with the story of my friend Diane and her struggles with liver disease and how you can help. So buckle in my friend and let's get started. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes alike. I am the West Virginia woman. Robin Holstein of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a good night's sleep at a fair rate, plus breakfast. I've been keeping house since I was 17 years old, balancing the budget and paying the bills as an Army wife on the salary of a PFC stationed at Fort Hood, Texas, and as a single mother of two back home in West Virginia. Things have changed a lot since then, but I haven't forgotten what it was like. This podcast looks at society and cultural issues affecting families in West Virginia and in the United States. From food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more, we'll go round the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. I've known Lisa Hayes Miney for over 20 years. I'm not sure how I found her page, West Virginia Cottages, but I reached out to her for advertising. I was building a website for my husband's band, Rock and Horse, and wanted to promote them with an advertisement. Lisa knew full well that the Southern Rock Band from West Virginia wasn't a cottage industry, but she allowed limited promotion. Then over the years, things changed and we changed with them, but Lisa and I have remained in contact since at least 1999. She is probably the most diverse and accomplished woman I know. She imagined, created and published, then distributed the most popular free magazine focusing on local culture and activities in West Virginia for over 10 years she and her husband printed 18,000 copies and distributed them within 18 West Virginia counties. They had over 100 subscriptions mailed out every month covering 16 different states and they experienced less than a one percent unread rate or copies that were not distributed all while staying true to her calling as a writer and author. She has reimagined and recreated herself successfully multiple times, and she's received several awards in the process. This is the second and final part of my interview with
1: Lisa my, my first community event, apparently this is a week for, you know, a month for first or something. Um, I, I felt, I felt I did pretty well. I did. sell. I have, I have multiple books. Um, my two main books that I, um, that I promote is, um, life in the slow lane. And Mm -hmm. that is where I went through 10 years of my writing in Tulane Living Magazine. And I, I picked my favorites. Uh, and I'm not the only columnist that did that. Um, Sherry Brake has done that. Max Samples has done that. I've got some people um, that are working on theirs now. Uh, Russ Richardson started with his columns and, and has, you know, he's working now on a thr- trilogy of his life in the forest. So that's a revisit of um, my favorite two-lane Living columns. And You know, uh, that one did very well at at the sale. There were a lot of people that wanted to do that for Christmas gifts because they remember the magazine um, fondly and and have folks who maybe missed the magazine or, you know, never saw it Mm -hmm. or whatever.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: The other book that I have, um, which is dear to my heart, I I, uh, self-published through Lulu. And it's a little um, pocket book. I should have had them ready for you, but it's like this big. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's like this big. It literally will fit in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are just a few essays in there. Um, These essays were um, part of my thesis work, my master's degree work. um, And they had been... Uh, accepted to online literary magazines, mm-hmm. um, but there's so dear to my heart. And during my um, during my my MFA and my graduate work, I was focusing on um, empathy. Um, how do you create empathy for? dark characters how do you create empathy in your reader's mind how do you cover uh difficult topics with empathy so the the name of my little pocketbook is just simply called essays on empathy mm-hmm. um you can go to my lhaysmini.net website and or you can go to lulu and type my name in and you know uh, life in the Sloan Lane is available on Barnes and Noble, it's available on Amazon. Of course, I get very little yeah. money if they are sold that route. Yeah, I, Amazon I make good the money if, these days. Yeah, I'm, I make more money if they're sold from Lulu. But my mm-hmm. little pocketbook is a size that Barnes and Noble and Amazon won't accept. Oh so it doesn't have an ISBN number. It's just, it's, again, it's just a little pocket Mm -hmm. book that you can only get through me personally or through Lulu or my website. Mm -hmm. I like, um, I like that size. And, and, um, there's, um, there's a little publication called, um, creative. It's put out by creative nonfiction magazine, and it's one little essay that comes in a pocket book. Uh, it was suspended during COVID and the pandemic. It's going to come back out, but I loved that because I could stick it in my little pocket in my purse. I could stick it in mm-hmm. my back pocket, and it was more mobile than. And you know, my purse is not big enough for a regular size book. It only has. But I always have to have reading material with me. Mine's
0: mine's big enough for a regular size encyclopedia set.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I have no, a, I can't I do have that. a bag. I don't have a purse. I have a bag. I carry it. <laughs> so I do. You know, I have written other books. I've written other books about spirituality. Um, mm-hmm. I have a book. Um, it, it's a little it's a little trippy. It's it's about um, reading people's minds. but all of that is, is science. It's not magic. Mm -hmm. It's science, Mm -hmm. right? It's nonverbal communication. It's micro expressions. It's, you know, what generation are they? What year were they born? That, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So it, 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 it's presented as like how to be psychic.
0: Yeah. But it really is.
1: Yeah, it really is. Um, that's, I just, I call it simply psychic Mm. Um, but I, maybe I should have named it scientifically psychic or, or something like <laughs> that. And that was something that I did, um, originally what I did when I worked at Hampton Ridge Magic. And here we go all the way back to 20 years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> when I worked for them, magic books were the magic trick books that were available in the late nineties were from Mimeograph. Oh, yeah, I remember, remember. I mean, okay, for yeah. you young uns, go Google it, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. So
0: I don't even know if Google goes back that far. The other
1: thing, <laughs> right. So even, even then, I was taking um, things that were no longer copyrighted or with permission, and we were taking these old black and white plastic spiral bound mimeographed books in turning them into, updating them and turning them into modern presentation, full color cover, Mm -hmm. um, nice font type thing. And when they moved to Chicago, you know, I didn't get rid of my files. I still had my files. And of course, when, when that book, it it was, it it was originally called Pyrotechnics or Psychotechnics or, so I don't even remember. But, you know, when that was originally written, micro expressions weren't um, a commonly known thing, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, part of nonverbal communication requires empathy. You Mm -hmm. have to be able to look at a person and, and read them as well as hear them. Mm-hmm. you know, so some of them, that one was just for fun. You know, we were in quarantine. I was sorting through my file cabinets. I came across that one and I was like, Ooh, I bet that could be updated and brought to newfangled. Cause again, you know, like even if you wanted to be presenting as a psychic and you wanted to market yourself as a psychic, it was like, go hang doorknob tags on their doors. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it was Drill so marketing. pre-internet that yeah, it was just you know it was so outdated. I I I really just wanted to bring that one up to date. So again, I I have multiple books, but the two that I I think are most appropriate for a wide audience are the "Is Life in the Slow Lane" and then my little um, essays on empathy. Um, that little pocketbook. I, I just love that little book, and I should probably redo the cover because. Um, all my covers were created with um, a cover designer that Lulu provides. Okay. But they recently um, they recently updated their cover designer. But I've been using Lulu oh wow since <sighs> possibly since you and I first encountered each other. My first
0: that I, I did on there i remember reading about lulu back in the early 2000s and i did i i did a book on um, uh think outside the office and i i went with outskirt press at the time and uh instead them. of lulu so i think there's still well, out I there had, that i've never done anything like that since
1: my first book that i did with lulu again, I, don't, I have to redo it now. It's been up there so old and I've taken it down. It was a picture book for Audra State Park. Mm-hmm. Frank and I used to go to Audra State Park all the time and we would go uh, winter, spring, summer, fall. Audra mm-hmm. is the first to open up in the season and the last to close um, campground wise, but you can again still go hike there or whatever in the winter. So mm-hmm. between the two of us, we had several floppy disks okay. full of photography that we had taken on our visits to Audra state park. And I, I love Audra. It's so beautiful there. Um, and so, I mean, years ago, I'm thinking probably early 2000s, I did a photo book of, um, Audra state park. And that's probably the first one that I did through Lulu. Now, the very first book I published, I published in sixth grade um i typed it up on my mother's manual typewriter on onion skin paper yes and i i illustrated it myself with pencils and crayons i sewed the binding on my mother's sewing machine (laughs) and i made a cardboard cover that i covered with feed sack fabric um Red feeds up pav- fabric with white polka dots, and then I took stencils and put the title on the front. So, I mean, you know, I've just been doing what I do since yeah. I was a kid, a and now walk. I've got like you know nine typewriters in my house that I'm doing, you know, typewriter. I
0: i will, uh, on, and
1: all that kind of other stuff
0: on, on a little, little dog leg or rabbit hole or rabbit trail or whatever you call it at this point I will blame you for several little um several little because you did the thing with the typewriters I'm like oh my god I love those typewriters so I have like three I didn't know we near like you do but we have three and we have one that was my husband's father's when he was in high school, but it's a, it's oh, an, it's nice. like a, it's like a 1918, 1920 typewriter. But when my husband's, when my father-in-law was in high school, he bought it used. So it wasn't like new in the family and we took it to, right. I want to say Cincinnati to a guy out in Cincinnati and had it as refurbished as could be done with it. It was in pretty rough shape, but, um, and so we've got it out on a table on a little little um, area that I have some other period things like that in in the in the here in the breakfast room. And then I have a couple of manuals downstairs that the husband doesn't know about. <laughs> that I got. And they come in when he wasn't here. He was out of state at different times and they come in. And then um, there's something else. Like there was a couple other uh Uh, little hobbies I dived in for short periods of time because I'm like, look what Lisa's doing. Oh, I want to do that. You know? (laughs) Well, and actually Substack's one of them. Substack's one of them. Uh, What
1: is Substack?
0: Oh, I got to know what this is. So, yeah.
1: I had to, I had to see that too. And, and, um, I think it was, uh, what is it? Black by God, uh, Crystal Good does her Black by God magazine on, Mm -hmm. Substack, I think, originally she did, and then every, you know, I think quarterly she does a print version of it, Mm -hmm. but there are several um, West Virginia endeavors happening on Substack, ones that I follow that are either citizen uh, journalism or um, I I follow one that, you know, she talks about, you know, dealing with your own insecurities mm-hmm. or, you know, the imposter syndrome or things right. like that. So again, I, I simply saw other people doing it and I was like, hmm, mm. what's Substack, you know, cause I, yeah. again, I love WordPress. Yeah. Started designing you know, on front page, you know, um, I but used then, front page and I love a little, WordPress, but Sub Substack makes it so easy. They do. And the so shame easy.
0: of it is, is that, you know, I've got like, uh, I've got, The personal website and i've got to put up the i've been using a subdomain on my website for direct books for the bnb but i need i need to off that onto its own and i've i've got the domain i just haven't built the site yet but the the sad part about that is as you as you build your website to have your your blog to drive the traffic to your website to you know for all of it and when you're doing Substack, you're you're absolutely you've got people far and away from unless and then you try to drive them back to you and so that's I love the idea of Substack it really is that simple but and it beats having to log in behind and trying to upload a blog post and all that nonsense um but it 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 takes you away from you know so I I can publish all this stuff and set it up to be published on Substack which really I should be putting on my own website blog you know
1: i get that i think about that too because you know the the purpose of all of it is really to you know typical marketing is to mm-hmm. funnel people to your website
2: right. now
1: you know i have the same issue with social media i yeah. don't want people following my personal facebook profile i want them to follow my author profile but right. my author profile is there to send them to either my Substack or my website. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I believe and again this is my personal preference, I um I like receiving things in my email that I can leave in that inbox and access whenever I have time right. or inclination or mindset. Now on social media, if you don't check it every day or if you, you know, you might miss something or you might mm-hmm. You know, if you saw it today, Facebook makes it hard to go back and find it
0: five yeah, days Facebook, from
1: now because you already saw it list. and they don't yeah. show it.
0: If you don't save it for watch later and then have that big list, yeah, some of the big uh, the big social media are just getting uh, <sighs> too big for their britches. I mean, they're just um, what started out is as great fun ways to connect or reconnect and to share stuff is now become a place where you're hesitant to even tell somebody you disagree with them so it's just getting crazy and i see i don't have so much going on over at youtube that i worry about it but i'm seeing people get get and i'm not i'm not not monetized there anyway i don't have enough of anything to do but i'm seeing people get um you know demonetized or they're getting um, uh, slowed down and, and and hidden and stuff because they have a different opinion of something, and it's just it's I, I I see this whatever it has become it's getting ready to crumble back down on itself and I I don't know where people go from there to stay connected because we're so personally human to human disconnected now it's it's all it's all about you know if you're sitting here playing on your phone it's all about um, you know, sitting in the, te- Wayne and I will be sitting in the living room watching, te- well, we're not really watching television, but the television's on, the dogs are asleep, and he's over here doing this on his phone, and I'm over here doing this on my phone, and I might say, oh, it's gonna rain tomorrow, yeah, I got, you know, I got to get whatever done, And but they're, we're losing, we've lost that, and I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know what's about to happen, but it can't be good, and I don't mean, like, revolution, I don't mean anything cra- like that, but as far as society we we, we don't talk to each other. we don't look people in the eye anymore we don't know how to have conversation anymore next up we have my interview with Toolman tim himself and his wife becky i have to tell you that interview was a fun two hours and it was hard to be able to find something to trim out from it i hope you enjoy it really it says yeah. ready to go live now no, it, it says live just
3: came up. Yeah. Oh, it... I don't think we were live. That's well... crazy. Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking. I didn't even see that.
0: That's... Oh, that might yeah. be part of the problem. And I'm yeah. not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to see that. That was that's user yeah. error. That's just where I'm just not. Well, we had a grand conversation. So yes, we did. It's a shame they missed it. Now and now we got to go. It's over. No. It's yeah. not. Um, But (laughs) I won't subject everybody to that music again. That's all right. I'll put it back in later because I know you can split the audio off. And that's the podcast intro. So that's um, neither here nor there. So, oh, my gosh. Let's see. Anyone out there? That's funny. See, these are all your people.
3: They're always around. Love them.
0: I did. Um, I did get into your um, your uh, telegram.
3: Yes. Yeah. I seen that. Yeah. Great. To have oh you. my
0: gosh! I popped it open a little while ago. It was like seventy four things. I can't keep up
3: with all of that. That's right. <laughs> our, and, and ours. You should be the survival podcast one. I won't go oh. in for two days, and there'll be two thousand messages. I'm like, nah, it's good uh, And I'll see, I
0: don't. It. I have. I have zero of the notifications turned on on any of my social media, just because yep. it would blow my phone up all day long. So even no more than I'm on stuff. And I'm on all kinds of them. Some of the older, some of the bigger, older ones. And then a few of the newer ones I've got accounts with, but I I don't do a whole lot with yet. I'm not sure that's where I need to be on all of them, although I have an account set up. But so let's do this. Um, I know that uh, that my friends know me and your friends know you, but my friends don't know either of you. And so if you'll both uh, uh, introduce yourself a little bit, for, for a couple of minutes. Tell us a little bit about um, uh, what you do, what you don't do. <laughs>
3: sure. Well, she's going to do all the talking tonight. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that that's put her fine. Right
0: on. You know, that's fine. I know, I know, I know.
3: She, yeah. So I, I'm, uh, yeah, Tim Cook, otherwise known as Toolman Tim on YouTube, uh-huh. Facebook, TikTok, the podcast feed, whatever, you know, so you might've seen my ugly mug talking about generators or DeWalt tools at some point. I'm um, on the Expert of Survival podcast, and yeah, we talk about preparedness, repairedness, all of that jazz, and this is my beautiful wife Becky next to me. She joins me on occasion on the podcast, hey babe? Yep. She uh, got me out of a jam a couple of weeks ago. We had a very last-minute guest cancellation, mm-hmm. so she came on and we talked about Christmas. So I listened
0: fun. to that. I did. Yeah. I,
3: that was a good one. I was glad that. that we one. planned that in about a half an hour. That yeah. was about all we had. We, uh, <laughs> I was like, it's either I don't go or I go, and I, I'm definitely committed to my Sunday Night Live beyond anything else. So,
0: well, you have to be, and that's, um, that's a challenge for me is trying to find the spot where it's going to work regularly yep so but becky just tell us about you
2: well a little bit uh well we've been married forever i guess you could say (laughs) we've got five kids uh they're 25 23 21 and then we have 12 year old twins and i own a daycare with my sister that we opened up actually going on almost Two and a half. Yeah. Right, Almost three years ago. Right now. in the middle of COVID. Right in so, the middle of COVID. Yeah. And so her and I were entrepreneurs and, and we just, uh we, I work every day at the daycare and sure. come, come home and I help him with his business and with the more, well I wouldn't say so much of a handyman thing now, now between October and March, it's just basically snow
3: and property, and, and property
2: management. There's really no time for any handyman. Cause like, since beginning part of november i don't think the snow has stopped it's just ridiculous um but that's that's pretty much about it yeah like we
3: we've had about two feet of snow so far this year uh this morning (laughs) i got up it was minus 31 and for those who want it in freedom units that is basically minus 31 because at minus 40 (laughs) they meet so it was i don't care when you get that far down in the minuses it's friggin cold it was yeah that's just dumb (laughs) <laughs> why? Why
0: does anybody want to live in that? I I don't I don't know. Make and good money
3: with so, no. so yes, that, snow. Yes. and you
0: point. guys are in Alberta, yeah. Is oh
3: yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So what what some of my uh, some of my preparedness friends call uh, northern North Dakota, that's where we are. So, uh, which is actually Alberta, Canada, and uh, we just bought ten acres outside of Camden, Tennessee. So, that is our uh, away property. Yes. You know, so.
0: Make a little vacation, a little down south, because that's yeah. in the United States, that's considered down south. It's They're, not, deep, yes. it's not the deep south, but
2: it's down south. It's I don't so, think I'd want to go deep south. It's south enough for us. Yeah. It's and south we have, enough for me. We yeah.
3: have so many like-minded friends in that area. We're yeah. really excited. You know, I would say yeah. at some point, well, anywhere. Well, we,
2: we can't live down there no. because Canada has this thing. If you're gone for six months, then you basically lose everything yeah. like all your pensions and everything like yeah. that so and then and then of course then it's a, a hassle with healthcare care and everything because so, okay. where we have the health care up here they take away your health card and everything and i'm like we, we can't lose that no no so yeah. we'll basically be down for like five months and uh 28 days or something yeah and we'll so come back up
3: <laughs> so, half a year minus one day is
0: yeah what we yeah can there's receive. there's something like that in yeah. the u.s and it, it may be worldwide for the more developed nations i am not sure but a friend of my father um he goes uh, to asia and he lives he lives down in there for x amount of time but he has to come back every so often Mm -hmm. and stay for a period of time and then before he can go back or his citizenship is in jeopardy and
2: stuff i don't know i i don't know as much as we'd love to live down in the states We've basically worked since we were like eighteen. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <Sure, laughs> yeah. darned, that government's not taking my pension from me. <laughs> so. <laughs> so
0: Well, and you know, I yeah. and I'm I'm not trying to jinx you I'm not trying to discourage yeah. you, but it's it's a it is a different lifestyle. And once you're down here for a while, you might not be, you know, it might not be your cup of yeah. tea. So uh yeah, but well, our, then our again, big thing
3: is it's gonna be It's a vacation property until it needs to be more than a vacation property. You know what I mean? So, yeah.
2: Well, and plus a vacation property for our family and Mm -hmm. friends too. They want to go down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anything to get away from. All of that snow, I just uh, my uh, my mother's sister lived in Cleveland for most of her adult life, and you know, just they get, would get that lake effect, and of course, they would probably not as much snow as you guys get, but it's just a tremendous amount of snow every year. And I just, I, I just, my bones hurt when it snows and it gets that cold. And I don't, well, I, I'm, I'm okay where I'm at, I, it gets cold, I mean, bitter cold, maybe a total of two weeks, not necessarily in a row, but.
2: You well, know. believe it or not though, when you're living near the lakes, because I grew up in Ontario, which was right across from yeah. Port Huron, Michigan. Um, they can get like minus to actually feels colder oh, yeah. than it does out here because yeah. it's more of a wet cold and it, so it goes right to your bones yeah. here. It's a dry cold. You could be outside and you're like, oh, it's cold," But as soon as you go in, you warm up. But yeah. with that wet cold, you don't warm up as easy as you do out here.
3: Yeah. And they get yeah, way yeah. more snow than we do. Yeah. That lake effect. Yeah. We, you know, this is odd for us to have two feet this time of year. So it's yeah. We it because it's so dry. We're kind of a I wouldn't call it a desert climate, but pretty damn close. You know. Yeah. And so we don't get a ton of moisture. We've actually been in a drought for uh, I don't know a couple of years now. Uh, you know. So anytime we get snow, it helps. But yeah, we we don't get precipitation that the coast get for sure. Yeah, but yeah no it's uh so no
0: i um i do i listen
3: you go ahead I think we have a delay there sorry robin mm-hmm.
0: yeah i just uh, the, yeah maybe a little bit um i I listen i i put i have a um let's see if it's here it's on the charge but well <clears throat> i'll unplug it because of course it's a it's a bluetooth headband oh cool it, and it's got uh uh-huh. it's got speakers in them amazon you know amazon's got everything um and what i do is i'll i'll wear this all the time and i'll it's it's paired up with my kindle and my phone but mostly i do i listen to the youtubes on the kindle okay and i'll it'll be you know it it's got a pretty good range i can pretty much do whatever i need to through the house and not lose the signal from it um and so i'll i'll stream yours and i'll stream um jacks and i'll stream john and i'll stream nicole and i'll stream a bunch of other ones like all day and i'm just li- like you do audiobooks and i'm yeah. i'm I'm just listening to them while i'm doing all my all my stuff and so um I, i've probably caught up on everybody in the in the few months that i've been listening probably years worth of stuff and the bonds and um Mm. oh i was trying to think of who else billy Um, is
3: so good i i just got (laughs) billy maybe six months ago and he is Mm -hmm. oh that is one smart well him and his son so good so so i yeah i could i and i could listen to him when i first heard him talk i'm like he has a voice for radio and he's
0: had radio yeah exactly
3: he was was an am talk radio guy and i think that's Mm -hmm. why him and i got along so well because i there's just something i always love talk radio spent years as a kid listening to it and yeah. you know probably listening to stuff i didn't even understand but i just always had talk radio on in the background you know and always enjoyed it yeah. i'm i'm a little older than you are and
0: and back in the day when uh, when i was young i I had a little transistor um and and i could pick up wls out of chicago nice. and I'd, I'd listen to it at, at night you know when it's yep. all that signal travels so much further and i'd listen to it but um i did uh it was, it was just once a week, but it was about four months of a local AM talk, um, back in, um, Oh shoot. I want to say 2005, 2004, nice. 2005. Um, one of our, um, local school board officials was running for reelection and he had a regular spot on the local show. And so when they're actively campaigning running for election, they can't
3: sure, that makes be sense. on that
0: show. So, um, the guy that was the it it was his talk show and the school board guy was the co-host and so he was looking for somebody and and um we had some mutual friends and and we were all out and run into each other and um he said you want to do it i'm like well i don't know
3: (laughs) that would be i I don't know
0: but it it was it was very interesting to be in the studio and and to see how things were working i wasn't i mean and i did get paid so technically i guess i was a professional but (laughs) (laughs) um it was it just it was very interesting to see what was happening, you know, because when you just have the radio on, you don't see all the stuff behind the scenes. And it's not sure. like television because you can't see the 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 uh DJs and the uh announcers and this and, and the uh program managers and all that stuff. And so it was it was very interesting to to uh to to do that plus i got paid for it plus i was taking vacation time off of my regular job so i was getting paid twice
3: <laughs> double debt,
0: right on <laughs> for three three hours a week so it was it was really interesting met a lot of interesting people had a lot of um um heated debate yeah because it was a very political political show So AM radio tends to be that down here so. Yes, it, was, it does. Yeah, it's and, up here and, too. Bro. And I I'm, I'm very opinionated on many things and not afraid to tell people that. But uh yeah, it was it was fun. Like I said I did that for from mid January to the first part of May. So it was nice. it was a blast. Well, so now that we've we've uh, got all that out of the way, um part of the reason that I asked you to do this was to uh, talk a little bit about some of the basic tools that, and I'm focusing on the, from the female perspective, obviously. I know guys, some guys have this ingrained, um, because you're guys, (laughs) you know, and and you grow up knowing all this stuff or hearing all this stuff, and it comes second nature. And, you know, for some of us females, it doesn't. Um, I I was in the split. Uh, My dad didn't, didn't see, you know, girls didn't learn all of this stuff. But a few years after, you know, uh, I I got grown, then it was all, you know, girls were being taught all this stuff and going to shop class and all that stuff. So I was kind of in that uh, transition period, but um, I wanted to ask you to, uh, for some of your um, thoughts about what uh, tools women need to have in the home to take care of some, you know, minor uh, emergency things uh, that, that may arise, especially through the wintertime and, and also in their vehicles. And then I think I mentioned to you that I would be interested in getting Becky's opinion as to whether she thinks there's something different that, that she, you might need. Because, you know, we yeah. do things differently sometimes. And um, while, you know, putting a picture on the wall with a hammer is kind of generic, everybody needs a hammer and a nail to put a picture on the wall. Maybe there's something else that
3: we might handle differently. (laughs) We got something we use that is way better than hammer and nail. So I'll save that for the end, but we do. High heel shoes is probably No, I'll tell you, it's good. So let me start with, we have five kids, four of whom are girls. Our first one is a boy, Mackenzie, and the next four, Olivia, Grace, Charlotte, and Alice, all girls. And we have done our damnedest to make sure that they are independent. So Mm -hmm. Olivia, you know, as soon as she started driving, I I had her out changing her tires, learning a bit about changing oil, probably give her a little too much confidence because she's, she's got herself in over her head a few times, but I'd rather go (laughs) that way than the opposite. Right. Grace lover. She just a tools never scared her. Has it? She just loves it. I, so when I, I'm going to give a confession here. So, you know, I'm a DeWalt person, but when I first really got into DeWalt, I had a Milwaukee drill set. And so Gracie inherited my Milwaukee drill. She uses it all the time. She is so good with that. And the younger ones, we're going to trick, along. they're coming along. So, but I don't know, have you ever heard of pink tax? So basically what it is, is that products for women cost on average oh yes, more yeah
0: yes so okay, yes.
3: here's my thing I used to work at uh what we call home hardware up here it's a big hardware store mm-hmm. and my it there would always be it was usually for breast cancer or something there would always be something bright pink whether it was a hammer or a um multi-bit screwdriver that was um, position for women. And it was always a piece of junk always, you know, they, to me, it looked like they just used it as an excuse. They painted some piece of crap. They couldn't sell pink and they say here it's for women. So my thing is I give a lot of thought to this, this week, put some notes together, but my big thing was for the most part, a basic home toolbox for anybody, whether it's a man or a woman or somebody just moving out, the basics are about the same you know, some things change, you know, if you have smaller hands or, you know, whatever, whether it's a smaller man or a smaller woman, whatever, you might want a lighter hammer, you know, that kind of stuff. But, but overall, I would say that the basics are about the same. What do you think, baby?
2: Nope, they are. um, Now I I find well, going back to the girls. Yeah. uh, When I was growing up, it was my (laughs) myself than my brother than my younger sister and there's a quite a, there's like a four and a half year gap between my brother and myself
0: mm-hmm. and
2: when I met Tim I knew more about vehicles than he did absolutely my, <laughs> yeah. I, my dad taught me everything and and I think a lot of it was because he just didn't want me calling him every day <laughs> about something and and right from when I was eight I'd say he's seven eight years old I was in the garage with them helping put motors in changing tires using tools using all kinds of that stuff and and I grew up when when we had our first daughter I was like okay now my my girls are gonna know how to do everything yep and even without tools like Olivia you could put her in the middle of the woods she knows all how right. to butcher a pig she knows how to butcher chickens. Um she'd be the she'd be the one that definitely would survive in the woods longer than our son would. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think our son would just crawl up in a ball and start crying. <laughs> but Where's my Gatorade? Yeah, where's my Gatorade and my Xbox? But uh she but like all our girls they we want them to be independent. And but with the tools I do find uh like with the basics, it like for example with with Tim's hammer, I can't use his hammer. Right,
3: because right. it's a big because, ass old twenty ounce hammer, and it,
2: it's too heavy for me. And yeah. and I and um and I find even trying to hit it, like I I can't even get the strength to hit it. And so like I have to use the smaller hammers, but mm-hmm. I find the fiberglass ones are a lot nicer.
3: No vibration.
2: There's no vibration because like with the issues, like with like you get the cramping in your hands, and mm-hmm. but I find mm-hmm. the wood one just it just kills your fingers and most women always, I don't know when they get about my age, they always have issues with your hands. It's, it's I don't know if it's a thing like, and of course the cold makes it worse. And, oh, yeah. and, and of course, when we opened up the daycare, my, um my brother-in-law thought he was being cute and he brought Amy and I a pink multi-bit screwdriver. He's like, Oh, look, I went and bought it for you. It was like, it was like $18. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, and it's fancy pink. <laughs> no word of a lie. We use that twice. And it, and it like I'm just like him. I break everything, <laughs> so it's like, and it broke. And I was like, this yeah. is the biggest piece of junk out there. And so like now we we just use a basic screwdriver. And and even some of his screwdrivers are too heavy for me. So yeah, like I yeah. wish they had something that was more catered for smaller hands. But I find just lightweight ones. That's what I find works a lot better for me.
3: It's fun to let her talk because anything i say comes off as sexist so,
0: <laughs> so nah, like, nah. no, i don't I work that way i know I, I know kidding. there's a lot of people who do but i i, I, know. I don't so i'm I don't. like because you know there's
3: some like, real okay, well if you, have, some... like, okay, well, if you have tiny little hands that's you know, right no, that's right well, yeah. and
2: and i and another thing too like with um i find the impact drivers they scare me and i think it's cuz it's it's a newer tool yeah and there's so much and
1: there's every, so much power. There's so
2: it. much power, and yeah. I can't seem to find that sweet spot. And I think every screw I put in last summer with that impact driver, I yes! stripped. I stripped yeah. the head on it because I, I and, and I'm just like and I am full full tilt zero to sixty, and then boom, it yeah. strips. Boom, yeah. it strips. Um, and of course, and then you don't realize how powerful it is, and then you touch it, and I I singed my hand a couple right, times yeah. on it, and. So I'm not a huge fan of the De- of the DeWalt impact driver. Like, even though I know it's an incredible tool, but unless you know what, like, the power, but I find men where they have the bigger finger, they have more control over that. But with well, me, and they like...
0: they have the arms, the arm strength. There's some biological differences that we just yep. can't overcome. And they men have, you know, the upper arm strength and the arm strength and the hand strength that that we just, you know. We we don't have naturally uh as exactly. a rule. Exactly.
3: One and thing I going uh, to get you that I haven't mm-hmm. yet. Rachel Brown in the comments said that uh, <laughs> she likes her cordless tools and her cordless screwdriver. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of people with smaller hands, the cordless screwdrivers are a great option. And there's mm-hmm. I gotta get one and test them out for people because they're they're in between a drill, an impact driver. You know they're they. They look like a little lock picking gun. You know, they're about right. yay big mm-hmm. and you can hold them and they'll put a screw in no problem all day long, but they don't have all that torque. That all that little Miss Cook here loves to turn uh, okay. from zero to 140. And then, <laughs> then she'll be like, honey, I didn't get it in all the way. Can you fix it? And I'm like, well, <laughs> or can you take it out? It's in the wrong spot. The, 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 the square is now a circle and I need a hammer or a, a multi-tool okay. to cut it off. So yeah, yeah. Or,
0: or one of those... um um. Oh, I forget what they're called, but you 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 tap them into the screw. The drill out, or do, yeah, tap them out, yeah, yeah, to back them out, yeah, yeah. But it happened, you know. But
3: yeah, one thing I should say before I go too far, and and I preach this, I, I did a presentation at uh, prepper camp on home maintenance, repairedness is what I call it. So mm-hmm. help, you know, maintenance for help when or when help isn't around the corner, and and that's how it works, no matter what. But the first thing everybody needs to do is have a central location like a toolbox or a junk drawer, but you need to have a oh place my for your tools. How many out. of
0: those do you need? Oh, I've got like many. three jun- yeah. junk drawers and two I think I have like toolbox. six. <laughs> but it, and those and are just mine. Things. Those don't count big, his.
2: In, I have big freezer bags with everything in it. Oh, <laughs> like I have
3: those. a few of those too, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I have a few yeah. of them. If you have a fire and you can't find your, even if you've got 12 fire extinguishers, but you can't mm-hmm. find one of them, you might as well right. not have any, Right. So exactly. if you need a screw, you know, if you need to put a screw in a wall or you need to pull a nail out or, I mean, heaven help you say you need a wrench to turn off the water main because you went to go turn off your water main and all of a sudden the damn thing come off in your hand, right? Mm. So if you need that and you can't find your tool, you might as well not have the tool, right? Yeah. yeah so exactly. um, year, a few years back when I just started my business, my brother-in-law for Christmas got me one of these, it's kind of a plastic metal hybrid toolbox about yay big. And uh, so I have what I call my grab and go toolbox. And Mm -hmm. whenever I go for a a service call or a handyman job, that toolbox and my drill bag goes with me because as long Mm -hmm. as I put my tools back, I know where they are. And so if there's an emergency, whether it's for Mm -hmm. you, like that time we had a flare up on the barbecue and you knew where the fire spray was, or I have to go and shut off the water quickly at a rental, the first thing I know is I have everything here. I can grab it and go. And so no matter what you have with your tools, the first thing it's the same as having say we have I have a couple of flashlights in my bedside table. So if the power goes out, I know where the flashlights are. And mm-hmm. if you need to fix something or solve an issue, the first thing is to have a central location wherever that might be for
2: sure. Yeah. And for women, that would be a junk tour. Yes. And that's why I <laughs> because that. Because, so. every, because every woman that is listening right now, oh yeah. I I, I or will in the future. Re- you ever <laughs> never remember where you put anything, right? I, I never so remember.
0: One of the things that I really, I don't know why I didn't think about it before, but one of the things that I should have done when I first started this, either in episode one or two, was to share with you some information on one of my uh, best girlfriends, Diana Mace. Diane, it, it, I've known her since, gosh, before my younger son was born. I've known her since about 1987. And uh, we were um, our uh, family support group uh, officers together when uh, I was married to my first husband. And uh, he was, sta- I say stationed, he was actually active duty. But he um, was at the Dunbar National Guard Armory. Um, back in the 80s, obviously, late 80s. So uh, Diane and I worked together along with some other ladies uh, to rebuild the family support group that was there. They had had one years before. It had fallen by the wayside, as these things sometimes do. And Diane and I um, helped to gather the ladies together, and, and we worked some bake sales and raised money and and things to to um, provide Christmas gifts and a Christmas party and a summer picnic and just different stuff like that that you do when you're in these support groups. Um, and we held uh, educational events. We um, uh, we would we would invite the ladies in to get their ID cards. Those because even if you're a National Guard spouse, you you can get a, a an ID card. You're limited on how you can use it, but you can get a, an ID card so that you know during. Um, Well, that's the way it used to be during drill weekends and annual uh, training and stuff like that. You could go to the commissary of the PX. We don't. Well, we have a. I haven't been out there in 30 years. Uh, At that time, we had a small PX. About the size of a convenience store, small convenience store, gas station type. So. But we did. We did a lot of good work. And then um, my former husband was transferred down to um, Williamson. And he worked down there in southern West Virginia, just across the river from Kentucky. And uh, we did. Diane ended up down there as well. But at that point, her husband, Bob, had gone to uh, officer school, officer candidate school and was a lieutenant. And um, we worked together doing the same kind of stuff down there and we helped to some of the guys got really mad at us too because they were used to having those weekends to themselves they told their wives it was a voluntary thing i mean there's a whole i there's a whole episode right there there is a whole episode right there but anyway so some of the guys got mad that we were telling the women number one that the guys got paid and number two that they were eligible for military id cards (laughs) and the benefits and all the things that go along with serving in the national guard but, um, so I've known Diane a long time, and she's been one of my long time good friends and um, she has been diagnosed with a um a disease called non-alcoholic uh, stetohepatitis. if I pronounce that correctly it's it's kind of like having um oh. Alcoholic cirrhosis, except there's no alcohol involved. She's not a drinker, never has been. And um, so, but uh, they abbreviate it as NASH, N-A-S-H. And um, as it worsens, you know, you can't live without your liver. So as it worsens, her weight goes down. She can't eat her. She's just lethargic. There's a whole lot, oh, just a whole lot of things that um, you don't think about. don't think about because most of us never have to deal with those kind of things um and she is at the point now where she absolutely has to have a liver transplant now as odd as that sounds the liver will regenerate it will grow back and if you are the proper blood type and in diane's case it would be an o negative or o positive blood type you can donate what they do is they take a portion of your liver. They don't take your entire liver. They take a portion of your liver and donate it to the individual. If it's a child, they take a small portion. If it's an adult, though, they take a pretty hefty piece. And uh, yours will grow back. And ideally, her body won't reject the, the donor. And, um, you know, she'll be able to get a little bit of normalcy back in her life and in a in more traditional lifespan. Now, um, I did, I wouldn't ask you to do something I don't do, Um, I did reach out to University of Virginia, which is where she is assigned to work through, and they have a live organ donor program, and I've put a link down in the show notes for that, and I contacted the lady out there that's working with Diana, and I said, uh, you know, I want to try this, she said, are you sure, I said, oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I could live with myself if I didn't. She's been a good friend to me for a long time. And I mean, you know, here we go. So I went through, I I filled out everything that had to be filled out. um, And then I had some lab works done and gave them permission to um, check my medical history. And some of the medications I take for some of the issues I have plus my age. Now, I wasn't technically beyond the cutoff for the age, I think 60 is the cutoff, if I remember, but the, the upper level of my age combined with some of the medications that I have to take, um, threw me out, I really actually thought I was in pretty good health, which I am, but not for that, so, uh, part of that program, so if you were to, uh, volunteer to be a donor and you passed all the checks and you um you were approved what happens is her insurance her medical insurance pays your expenses related to the organ donation so your travel for medical tests and such things to university of virginia or maybe another one. For all I know, I mean, you may be able to do it somewhere. I I don't know if you have to be right down there or not because I didn't get that far. Um, your travel, your room and board while you're there, all hospital-related expenses related to the operation and everything, your travel back for follow-up if there's required any uh, medications if you need any related to the transplant. Uh, all of that's covered by Diane's insurance, not you, not the donor. So she's been on the transplant list for over a year now, and she can even, if it's the right blood type and um, the right conditions, she can even have the a donated liver from a cadaver, but that that's getting kind of, well, you know, COVID. One of the things, one of the terrible things about all those lockdowns that you don't think about, people not traveling as much, there's not as many fatal vehicle accidents, and therefore a smaller supply of donated organs, and that's really kind of cold to think about. I The first time I thought about that, I thought, man, that's just terrible, but I don't want to call it an industry because it's not like somebody goes out there and forces you to have a wreck so that it kills you so that you have to donate your organs. But there is a market. Is that the best word? I don't even know if market's the best word. But, um, you know, that's why they encourage you to be an organ donor and have it on your um, ID card. So that if something like that happens, you died at the scene, died shortly after at the hospital or something, they check the card, you're an organ donor, no time is wasted, and you could save other lives. So with fewer people traveling and all that, you you get the idea. I don't have to go along. I, I'm not talking to kindergartners here, and I don't mean to pretend that I am. But sometimes I do ramble. So, um you know if she also has a uh, gofundme and i don't i don't i know people there are people who despise gofundme i get it this isn't about me or your opinion of gofundme diana chose gofundme for a reason probably because it was the most familiar one to her and one of the most well-known at the time she created it throwing all the political issues aside uh, she does have a GoFundMe. She could use more donations because this keeps dragging out. Her insurance does not reimburse her travel and meals to go to the doctor. So when she has to go to University of Virginia for checkups and follow-ups and tests and all these things, her room and board, her meals, none of that's covered by her insurance. It's coming out of her pocket. So, um, you know, any if you are of the mind to contribute a couple bucks. Um, I would rather actually you dropped five bucks in her GoFundMe than to, you know, drop five bucks worth of Satoshis or heck, five cents worth of Satoshis. So, I mean, you can be anonymous if you want. You can out yourself if you want. You can say, Robin told me to on the (laughs) fountain.fm app. You know, Robin gave up her satoshis for you to have. You know, gas money. I, I don't really care. I I would rather you did that. I really would. Um. I just would rather you. And I have. I have donated some cash to her. You know, in person cash to her, and some cash through GoFundMe to help. Um, spin that up a little bit. And my son has, and uh, some other folks have, but um, she's at the point now where she's she's needing a little more cash to cover some of the bills. So again, you know, I, um, I went through, I was ready to do it. I mean, it was going to be kind of a challenge. I was really scared to death, but um, when they told me you're not a, you're not a good match, I just absolutely, I was heart, I was heartbroken. I just, I just couldn't leave it. I was really upset for, se- for several days. If you know of other people, if you, Please share her story around and say, you know, would you consider dropping a couple bucks here for her? That would be great. She's been a wonderful, faithful wife to her husband, Bob. She has been a faithful mother and loving mother to her children who have each in their own way, um, even as adult children, had some challenges that she had to help them through. Um, And her grandson, who for a little while she, uh, she had guardianship over while there was some difficulties going on. So, I mean, she is a selfless person, really. And uh, I, I hate to see her in this condition. So, please check that link down below. Not only just um, her GoFundMe, but also the University of Virginia's link to the organ donor, organ donor site. Thank you. Thank you for even thinking about it, really. And for those of you who pray, pray. Please pray for her. I hope you enjoyed your time with me today. If you're interested in more information, you can go to RobinHolstein.com. You can look me up on all the major social media platforms and all the major podcast platforms. And don't forget, I prefer Fountain.fm. So, there you have it.